Meglin here with Rachel Hawley and we're your hosts for the Mary Writer Podcast. We are on episode 45 and this week's question is, how do you come up with names in your book? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy our episode, please give it a like. Okay, so today's topic is all about names. As writers, we create a lot of names, whether it's our own name, coming up with a pen name, character names, place names, world names, the names of our books. So let's be honest, names are important. Uh, we're going to discuss where we come up with our names. I have said the word names so many times. <laughs> My biggest source of names always seems to be movie credits. Kind of started using movie credits when I was in my, let's say, early teens. Uh, there was a movie, I think it was Hot Shots. Might be not, I'm not sure, but I have to check that. And I remember when I sat through it, it had silly things coming up through the credits. This was before the time where there was like end scenes after credits that you would sit through. So if you ended up staying a bit too long while the credits were going up and you caught sight of these funny things, you ended up sitting down and just reading all the credits on the off chance you'd catch one of these silly things, whether it was a comment or a recipe or a joke. And I remember I got into that and I, I stayed with that habit. And by doing that and scanning all these names, I would often find really unusual ones or ones that just rang perfectly for a character I was thinking about. I do it instinctively now for movies, TV shows, anything like that. I'm always, always looking for names. And I, I will then just stick them in my phone's notes app. I have a little note that's literally called names and I just keep dropping them in, dropping them in all the time. And they can be, for anything, they can be people names, they can be place names, they can be a name that is amended slightly to become something else. I found a lot of world names through um, credits where someone's last name may sound a little bit worldy if I change a couple of letters around. So yeah, movie credits have always been have always been a big a big source of names for me. Names, names, can't stop saying names. <laughs> what about you, Rachel? I don't know any synonyms for the word names, to be honest. <laughs> so we're both going to be saying this word a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, looking through the movie credits is a really good idea, and not something that I've done often. I have thought about it before, but I just don't pay too much attention. And you know, we should all utilize that, especially if you watch the Marvel movies, because we all know you're sitting through the credits waiting for that end scene. So it would be a really good idea to actually pay attention to the names that are listed on the credits and keep a list of them. Although I have to admit, there are some movies where the credits go by so fast. You know, I don't know why they do that. But that's a good idea. I like that. And I might have to adopt that. I say I'll adopt it and then I'll forget about it. <laughs> But I have to say, you mentioned that there are some names that you come up with for like world or place names that like you'll, you'll see a name on, under the credits and you'll modify it. See, with me, when I create names, I, nine times out of 10, I pick the first name that comes to my mind. Uh, sometimes when I'm creating a new character, I'll just like give them a random name and maybe it'll change halfway through the book, but a lot of times it'll just stick because the name will just become the character. But when you say that you'll modify certain names, like I'll do that too. Like a really great way to come up with fantasy names, in my opinion, is to take names that you already know and scramble the letters or spell the name backwards. 
Like my, like my fantasy name would be Lacar. <laughs> <laughs> Yours would be Ira. <laughs> Ira? Ira? <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, it seems so simple, but uh, hey, it worked. And because one of the big things for me is that if you're creating fantasy names, like you want to be able to pronounce it. So there are some names that you're able to scramble the letters around to make it still readable and pronounceable without it seeming like a common name, if you will. Yeah. And the same, the same thing with spelling your name backwards. Like sometimes it'll make sense. Sometimes it won't. But it's, it's kind of fun to like list names of all the people you know and like spell their names backwards and see what you can come up with. <laughs> I like that. I also like the idea of mixing letters up because like I'm sure there's programs out there that can you can type that in and it makes like an anagram by shuffling letters. So you could use like, you know, your full name, stick it in, let it shuffle around and come up with a load of different names. And then you could just pick and choose different ones. So I think that's a brilliant idea, especially as you said, for fantasy, where those slightly unusual names always do well. You know, I, I always find it weird if I'm reading a fantasy, like a, especially like a heavy epic fantasy, and then you're like, you know, there'll be like a Kevin in the middle of it. You're like, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. Uh -uh. No, you know, that just doesn't feel right. Certain names don't really feel the same in, in like fantasy. So, but you yeah. stick that name Kevin in there and you mix it around, and you're going to get some great different names. So, yeah, I like the idea of that. That's, uh, that's very clever. I'm going to try and use that, if I remember. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You'll get a couple of good laughs out of it, depending on what you can come up with. <laughs> I say as I like, I barely even write fantasy, but. <laughs> it, it's good because like, you actually mix things up. And though it can be quite difficult coming up with like last names, especially like if you're writing something more modern. Um, you can, I, I personally find that I get trapped in a circle of using the same like five names, like five last names, and I have to sort of force myself out of it. And otherwise I just get obsessed with people I know using their last names. And that can get a little bit obsessive as well. So sort of mixing names and then using those as more, as like just even just a last name, if you, if you stay away from the fantasy, I can, I can see that working. And I bet they're quite good for place names as well. Right, yeah, it is. I mean, you can come up with some unique place names, but also, as you just said, the surnames. There was a, a website I used to use for last names, and I want to say it was surname.com, but I can't find it on my phone, so I don't know if it still exists or not, but it was this massive list of all these last names. Uh, you can do it by alphabetical order, you can do it by region, you could do it by um, most common, so like Smith was the number one, if you do most common. So that was a useful website. I don't know. <laughs> I can't find it though. Oh, what a shame. Because it's one of those things. It's like first names. Everyone's, you know, most people are quite good at coming up with names of picking names from wherever. But surnames are always a little bit more complicated, especially as you said, certain surnames will be more popular depending on country, depending on region, you know, depending on time frame, you know, you know, if you look, go back to like ancient England, I'm sure there'll be surnames that we don't have now and things like that. So they probably didn't even have surnames back then. I mean, that's where we got things like Thompson and Peterson because it was, you know, Peter's son, Tom's son, things like that. That's how we ended up with, yeah, that's how we ended up with things like that. But yeah, so oh, I like that. Okay, my second method is quite an old one nowadays. Most people don't seem to do this, is baby books. 
And I do mean books. I know there are a ton of websites online, obviously websites online. <laughs> I know there's a ton of websites that have like baby names and you can find baby names from different countries, baby names that are, I should say like similar to that, it's like popular baby names, unusual baby names, baby names inspired by, you know, inspired from this or that. But I still like some of the older baby name books. You'll often find names that aren't on these websites. And I like that because they give you a lot of times, they'll give you a little bit more detail about the name, about maybe how it, how it came about, where it was first used or what it means. And I have found some of the websites that have baby names on don't have that information. They'll just be like, these are the 10 best baby names for boys. And that's it. And it doesn't tell you anything else, whereas the books often do. Uh, I do actually have a, somewhere, I have a little mini baby book of names that every now and then I will flick through. I do seem to obsess with going for the same letters though. I always seem to look at T's, S's, D's. I don't know why. And as I was looking through my, my, my novels recently, I was very aware of how many of my characters start with T. I mean, literally, in my dark heart, I've got Trinity and Tane. I had Tyler, I had to change it because three, three characters with the name T was just too much. Um, <laughs> in The Blessed, Thea is my, is my main character. <laughs> if you're looking for, for names for characters, not to get fixated on a certain letter. And you, you might not even realise you're doing it. And I must have, when I've been flicking through baby name books, I must have like flick, flick, flick and always hit the T's and go, oh, and just caught it. So I, I do try every now and then to, to force myself to look at E's or N's. Mm -hmm or G, because I don't have that many characters <laughs> starting with those letters. So yeah, give baby books a try. Go, go to your local library if you're allowed with lockdown and uh, see if you can find some baby books and choose some great names from that. I love using baby books and I will admit I don't use them as often anymore than I used to because babynames.com is a really good website. You can search up names by you know letter or gender or by meaning. And also Baby Name Genie is a really good one too. Babynamegenie.com. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a good one. But I did used to use baby books a lot. And I actually still have uh, a baby book that I bought. I don't know. It had to have been like 10 or 11 years ago at this point. I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought a baby name book. And I think it was the Everything Book of Baby Names or something like that. Like there's that series called The Everything of Whatever. It's probably so outdated at this point. But I, I bought that and uh, as I was leaving, the cashier looked me dead in the eye and smiled and said, congratulations. And I said, thank you, because I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> and I walked away. But I still have that book. And you say that you, you look at like, you have a lot of characters that begin with T or S. Way back when, when I was like, when I first started writing, I would look at this baby name book and I had post-it notes on certain pages. I mean, it they, the names were listed alphabetically, but then there would be these little side cap things and it would be like, oh, you know, girls named after flowers, for example. So there would be Daisy and Rose and Lily. So I would, I loved theme names. So mm. a lot of times my characters were named after flowers or gemstones or the months of the year or something like that. So that, yeah, that's where I got. But in terms of the letters, I have to say, in my cozy mystery novel, George is one of seven siblings. 
And when I came up with their names, I was afraid I was going to, you know, do what you did. They were all going to be, they were all going to begin with the same letter or something. So <laughs> I came up with their names. I went down the alphabet. So each sibling, their names begin with A, B, C, D, E, and F, and G. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, that's what's worked for me. <laughs> I like that. The idea of like, of thinking like, oh, I don't want to have them all the same. So then, you know, going out of your way and doing something different. Because you can imagine, parents, there would be parents who would say they had seven, would do something like that, you know? Or, or the other way around, would have all of them with the exact same first initial. Yep, and exactly. that, so it's, it's I, I kind of like, like the idea of that. Yeah, well, I used to, I used to have the alphabet up whenever I wrote, like, not just my mystery series but any book I used to have the alphabet up and when I created a character I would give them a name that begins with the letter A and then I would cross A out and the next character that I introduced would be B and I'd cross B out and nine times out of ten I never had more than 26 characters <laughs> nobody repeated <laughs> for the most part I don't think unless there was a name that really stuck with me and then I would just throw that in there but yeah yeah but earlier I said that you know, sometimes I just come up with a name and I stick with it. I also, I found an app on my iPad like years ago and it's called Name Dice. If you go on the app store and just type in Name Dice, it should be the first thing to pop up. Uh, but it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just a set of dice and you tap the screen and the dice will re-roll and one dice will be a first name and the next dice will be a last name. And you can just keep on tapping the screen until you come up with a name that you like. And you can mix and match the names and stuff like that. So sometimes that I'll do so that cool. if I'm looking for something quick, but I need just something random. Like if it's a minor character who I know is only going to be in like one or two scenes, then I'll just like pull up the name dice app and just keep tapping until something suitable comes along. I like that. That's good. We'll obviously put all the links to these things uh, in the description below if we remember. <laughs> well, this is Ari's episode. So if she doesn't remember, blame her. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is your episode. Right? Yeah, it is. It is, it is. <laughs> when I listen back to edit it, I'll have to actually pay attention to more than just the errors. So I can like, oh, I've got to remember to add yep. that, add that. <laughs> Obviously, one of the biggest tips we, uh, we recommend is the list. Because you will always be coming up with names. There will be names you just randomly come up with, names you see in the movie credits, names you, um, like, as Rachel mentioned with the Dice app, you might, a name might come up that you might not want to use for the character right away, because if you've got a very kind of specific idea of this character, but a name that you like might come up, write it down, stick it on a list. I personally use a spreadsheet on my main computer, and then I have my little app, uh, my little notepad app on my phone that I sort of dump them in. And then I go back and I upload everything into my spreadsheet and I will even put on like whether I've used those names before and I can do a quick search for them. And it just means you've already got a bulk list of names. So that if you're starting a new story and you're thinking, I really need a, a strong name or a, a name that sounds more friendly. I know that sounds really odd, but this is how I see names. I almost resonate with a certain sense. So some names sound quite quirky, some names quite strong, some sound authoritative. So create your list. Keep adding to them. 
you can get all the books that you want you can get you can use all the websites you want but i guarantee there will be names you hear and that you see that are awesome but not for what you're currently working on and in that case you probably will forget them if you don't write it down so just write it down it's honestly it's it's brilliant especially for like as i said like for minor characters or maybe if you want different spellings for you know so if you if you like a certain name but you've already used it in one novel doesn't mean you can't use it in another but maybe change it up a little bit don't know just try but definitely definitely build a list i don't have a list i should have a list that's really great <laughs> advice to build a list don't make that face at me <laughs> i am shocked i thought i was talking for the both of us and now i feel wronged i mean <laughs> you would think that i would have a list of this stuff but i really don't um i keep a list of names for each book but i don't have a master list of names that like I can use if I'm stuck trying to think of a name. Uh, I'll usually, what I do is I'll text my sister or I'll shout at her from the other room and I'll say, give me a boy's name, give me a girl's name. And she'll just like give me a random name and I'll just use that. And she does the same thing for me. And I usually give her the most outlandish names that I can think of. So I don't think I'm as helpful in that sense. <laughs> but building a list, yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, I used to think about the meanings behind the names a lot when I created characters. So having a list of names and then what they mean and their origin and stuff like that, you'd think that I would have something like that. Maybe that's something I, sh I should work on. Maybe that'll get me back into writing. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll inspire me to keep on going. <laughs> but I want to I wanna turn the tables a little bit and talk about book titles because we've talked a lot about character names and even a couple of ways to come up with some like setting names or world building names. But book titles is something that everybody seems to have trouble with. I don't know why. I mean, it's always been the opposite for me. I've always come up with book titles and then I create a plot around the book title. And these book titles, I did have a list of that. It was like 100, 150 book titles long, I think. I've cut it down since then because I know there's no way I'm gonna be able to write all of them. But I usually cut, like, see a word or a phrase, and I'm like, yeah, that would be a really good book title. And then I write it down, and then a plot will eventually come. And that's actually kind of how I came up with the title for my second George Florence novel. It's called George Florence and the Anonymous Tip. And Anonymous Tip is such a common term for mystery stuff and detectives and police and things like that. So I thought it would make a really good title for one of my George novels. And then I forgot about the title because I didn't write it down. I love how it's ironic that writers get all these ideas and we write, but we never write down these ideas. So I forgot about the title for a little bit. And then I had this scene idea in my head for George and Lila. And I wrote that down. And then a few weeks later, I read it again. And the scene was George and Lila finding an anonymous tip about a crime. And then I remembered the title. So that kind of came together. I don't know what my point was. <laughs> so I don't think I really have any tips on how to come up with book titles other than just like keep your eyes open for phrases and words around you. And cause like anything can be a book title. And if you're having trouble coming up with a book title, write the book first. And then whatever a key point from that story is, you, you can usually pull a title from that. Yeah, that, that's what I do. I am 
awful at book titles. Most of my titles are work, working title, da 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 da. Yeah. I, I don't like book titles. I used to, when I was younger, I would make up titles, you know, and it'd be like, you know, The Curse of the Green Flame. It's like, yeah. Well, it's about no idea. <laughs> Obviously, there should be a curse in there. Obviously, there should be flames. And then I got halfway through the story and realized I had neither. So I tried to pull back on coming up with random titles because I, I would do that and not have any idea where I was going. So now what I do is I'm usually writing the book first and then I will look for themes or symbols within the story to sort of use. And especially because most of my stories are trilogies or series I kind of like those titles that connect let me try and remember some that work like for example you've got author Holly Black who did The Cruel Prince, The Wicked King and The Queen of Nothing and you can see there's like a there's like a theme that runs through that you know you've got prince, king, queen or there's the novels by James Clemens that was which fire, which storm, which war, et cetera, et cetera. So they had kind of a running theme. I like that sort of style for um, series titles. And that's what I've been looking at when I've been working on my, my Dark Heart series. So if you are thinking of writing a series or a trilogy, you might want to think about whether you want the titles to link or whether you want them to be so different or whether you want them to be stylized the same. So obviously if your first novel is written with just like two words, you know, like I'm going to just pick up random words like Black Flame. Obviously, I've got obsession with flame. And then your second novel, you probably don't want it to be, you know, the whispering song of death in the cavern because it doesn't really, it kind of jars against the first one. So I think you need a little bit more thought into your titles of your books if they're a series. I think it works really well. Like Rachel's, I believe yours all start with George Florence and. So that's how you've stylized yours. And it is something you need to think about like that. It can make a big difference. I think one of the main things is your titles of your books, says me who hasn't really written great titles. I think the, the titles of your books need to have some connection to what the story is about. Because obviously you don't want someone picking up a book that's titled, you know, Love's Sweet Embrace and it's a dark tragedy and it's got nothing to do with love in it. Because that would be upsetting to people who are going, oh, it sounds like a romance. I find that book titles are almost as important as book covers. What do you think? Because I think it's like, it's one of those things that grabs you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you need the title to connect with the cover as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I have read a couple of books. I can't think of their names at the moment, and I don't know if I would want to name them. I don't, like, I don't know if I want to call them out, but I have read some books where I look at the cover and it's gorgeous, and then I read the book and I'm like, what did the boat on the cover have to do with anything? <laughs> you know, just for example, like, you need it. Everything needs to tie together. The title, the cover, the actual story. It has to, it has to tie together. And I have to agree with you. I like it when series do connect or link to each other and they have similar titles to each other. It's just aesthetically pleasing. Yes. And it's just yes. uniform and it's, it's great. Obviously you don't have to do that. As long as the title goes along with the story, that's fine. You do not need to have the titles linked to each other. But personal preference, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Just, readers. <laughs> but we're readers and we have, our, our opinion is just as valid. But it, I think what you said is it's, it's aesthetic and it really is. And also I find the ones where the titles kind of like connect to each other, the images on the front do. So if you take, um, I'm going to probably butcher this woman's name, Victoria Aveyard, who I, did the Red Queen sort of stories. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. No. 
she she wrote the red queen and then it was the glass sword the king's cage the war storm and obviously you know it's just two words each time and then the same with the imagery you know the first one was the crown upside down that had blood coming off it and things like that and so you get these these book covers that sort of like have this beautiful aesthetic look that almost like match each other but yeah so i think i think book titles and series titles are always harder than character titles or you could always do what, what rachel did like you've actually used your character title uh, your character's name in the title of your book so i kind of like that that was because i couldn't think of anything else because <laughs> you want to talk about series for a minute series titles i have no clue about like i mean my my mystery series is the the george florence series because i don't know what else to call it and just having the title like The Perfect Alibi or The Anonymous Tip, for some reason that didn't sound right with me. So it's George Florence and The Perfect Alibi, George Florence number one, which is like obnoxiously long. So I don't really know if it's going to stick that way. But I mean, series names, forget that. I have no tips on that because I don't even know what I'm doing with it. That's so weird because I can come up with series titles easier, <laughs> but I like... I like that kind of where a series title can be the character's name because my Dark Heart, Dark Heart is the name of the first book and I've been using it as kind of the series title whenever I talk about that series but its official series title is the Trinity Heart series and that's the character's name and then Dark Heart is the first book and obviously I think the Blessed series that's the series name because I haven't come up with the first book's <laughs> title and that's that's how I do it. I, I think I've got the Darkling series I've got the Shadowblade series. So I've got, I've got really great names for those. It's these book titles themselves. I've got no idea. But I kind of like the idea of, if, especially if you're not sure, you could use the character's name. And you might not even need a series title then because it's kind of obvious because I said you've got George Florence at the Anonymous Tip, George Florence and the Perfect Alibi. So it's already known that that is a series. So I think that works really well even if you didn't want that to be an official series title, it is in itself self-contained. So you'll be fine. That's a good point. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're done here. I'm going to go scratch out all my series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this, this episode's feel like it's been going on for ages. Or it might just be that I've got a shed load of stuff to cut out because we botched up so much throughout. <laughs> Okay, we're going to wrap it up there. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do share with us how you pick your characters' names, place names, book titles, and drop in those tips in the comments or on Twitter using the hashtag the Podcast. We promise we will try and check that hashtag. Do you want some extra content? Then do head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the Podcast. You can support our show for as little as $1 a month and get yourself some great extra bonus content. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of the Merry Writer Podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Writing Distractions. We're stalling on our whips. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0. <laughs> 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 <laughs>